Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, December 31st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Private equity dealmaking hit a high this year at a level that hasn't been seen in more than a decade. Investors gear up for the final day of stock market trading in 2019, and Carlos Ghosn touches down in Beirut. Plus, the FT's Tom Braithwaite looks back on a year filled with interesting IPOs and tells us what corporate stories we should be looking out for in 2020. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Private equity groups spent more this year than at any time since the financial crisis. In 2019, the value of buyout deals hit $478 billion. That's up $18 billion from a year ago. It's also the highest level it's been since 2007. The activity has been fueled by a combination of cheap debt and pension funds looking for big returns and the low interest rate environment. That's meant competition for buying assets. Take Blackstone, for example. The group made the largest real estate deal in history back in June when it bought the U.S. warehouse's portfolio of investment manager GLP for almost $19 billion. The industry is gearing up for more deal-making in 2020. Targets include ThyssenKrupp's elevator business, which could go for as much as $20 billion, and Cody's professional hair and nail products business, which could be worth around $9 billion. Today is the last trading day of 2019, and while December has been filled with good times for the U.S. and U.K. stock markets, yesterday things hit a bit of a bump. Recent optimism over global trade and central bank policies seemed to spark a holiday rally for equity markets this month. In the U.S., the S&P 500 index has returned 28.5% so far in 2019. But things got knocked off course a bit on Monday. The S&P 500 closed 0.6% lower. In London, the FTSE 100 was down 0.8%. Despite a weaker showing on Monday, this relatively strong market end to 2019 is a much different story than last year's sharp sell-off. That's when investors got spooked by a slowdown in global growth and then rising tensions between the U.S. and China. But even though the two countries came to a phase one agreement earlier this month, some analysts cautioned that it might not be a done deal. And Carlos Ghosn has left Japan, where he was on bail, for Beirut. The FT reported on Monday that the former chairman of Nissan Renault arrived in Lebanon, where his parents are from. Local media reported that he came by private jet. An associate of Mr. Ghosn said he arrived late on Sunday. Mr. Ghosn was arrested in Japan in 2018 under four charges of financial misconduct, which he denies. And it's unclear whether Mr. Ghosn's trip to Beirut means he's jumped bail in Japan or if it means the terms of his bail have been significantly adjusted. And here's a story you should know more about. At the beginning of the year, FT Company's editor Tom Braithwaite talked to us about the biggest stories he'd be watching in 2019, one of which was the sheer number of highly valued companies expected to list on the stock market. There was this massive pent-up stable of unicorns um, as they raised more and more money in private. Companies such as Uber, Pinterest, and Slack had waited much longer than some earlier tech companies did to go public. And at the start of the year, these unicorns all had their fingers on the trigger. 
These companies were just a few of the big names that listed. Beyond Meat shares soared, and Saudi Arabia's state oil giant raised the world's largest initial public offering. But not all of these companies lived up to their IPO expectations. Everyone was right in expecting that those IPOs would happen, and they did. But what happened afterwards was not so good for most of them. So Uber and Lyft are both down by a third since their IPO, and um, Slack is down by a bit more than that. So of the high-profile listings this year, most have fared quite poorly. I think public markets wanted to see continued fast revenue growth and some signs that profits would emerge. And in the case of both the ride-hailing companies and the, the sort of unicorn tech universe more broadly, that was not quite proven. The growth is still quite good, but there is not enough sign that there's real substantial profits just around the corner. One of the biggest IPO stories was about a company that failed to list at all, WeWork. What does WeWork's inability to float in 2019 say about how these big private companies might approach IPOs moving forward? I think probably not a lot is the short answer. I I think it tells you that public investors are not gullible and are not going to swallow any price for any loss-making company that is touted as the next big thing. WeWork is quite an unusual case uh, in that it was losing so much money and that there really was no obvious pathway to profitability as far as many public investors saw it, certainly not at the sort of $50 billion valuations that had once been expected. And while there were the Ubers and the WeWorks, there was also Beyond Meat, uh, an IPO that performed really well this year. Why was there so much interest in this company? Well, I think because they were the cusp of a trend for non-meat foods, which suddenly meat has become quite demonized for its role in environmental damage and its supposed uh, roles in health problems. So I think any company that can replace meat uh, got got a premium valuation attached to it. Tom, could the way IPOs perform this year determine how many companies go public next year? Are we expecting more in 2020, fewer? I think the interesting thing is not so much the cohort of companies that IPO this year, which, as we've said, have fared quite badly, but the broader market, which is doing remarkably well. A lot of people expected a dip this year or a correction or a recession. None of that has happened. Stock markets around the world, are, and particularly in the U.S., are doing extremely well. So that is the backdrop that private companies will pay most attention to. The broader stock markets are doing extremely well, and and so it ought to be an attractive time to list, as long as your private valuation is not too high, which is what many of the companies we've talked about, that's the problem they found. So Tom, we talked about the companies that went public this year. Which are you going to be watching out for next year? I think Airbnb will be one of the most interesting ones. This uh, company's been around for several years. Everyone knows what it does. It has expanded around the world incredibly successfully with some regulatory bumps along the way. So I would love to see uh, Airbnb go public and be able to get a proper look under the skin of that company. Um, If you look at the list of unicorns that uh, CB Insights helpfully puts on their website, that is topped by ByteDance, which has a $75 billion private valuation now. This is the company that owns TikTok, the short video sharing website that's become incredibly popular. 
And then you have Juul, actually, number three on the valuation list, which is the vaping company that now you you know struggle to get anywhere close to that valuation given the vaping deaths that have occurred in the US in particular and the regulatory backlash against that. So this company that looked like the hot new thing 12 months ago has now got serious problems as to the entire industry going into 2020. Okay, so IPOs aside, what else will you be keeping an eye on in 2020? I think one of the big interesting changes in 2019 was the rise of fuzzy, cuddly capitalism, whatever you'd like to call it. And suddenly, these slightly fuzzy, marketing-y, ESG-type issues are being treated seriously by real investors, and that is a massive challenge for companies to respond to in 2020. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. And if you want to hear more from Tom and the Corporate Year in Review, check out the latest FT News and Focus podcast. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. We're taking tomorrow off, but we'll be back on Thursday. Have a happy new year and see you in 2020. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.